Pastor, a big God bless, would you? And his lovely wife. I'm excited to be in a house with the anointing of worship. Because the Bible tells us, as the Lord taught us to pray, he said, hallowed, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. To hallow something means to honor something. So he said, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. What this tells us is honor release precedes the coming of the kingdom. God will go where he's respected and celebrated, not where he's tolerated. Wouldn't you? I don't want to be somewhere where I'm just, oh, well, he's here. We got to put up with him. So to be in a house where the praise team knows how to worship is, is just so awesome to me. Because when the praise team knows how to bring the glory in, and the glory is a hidden message. Just like when, when Moses stood before the burning bush, he told Moses, he said, I have heard the prayers of my people. So in the hidden message in the glory is the answers to the prayers of the saints. And if you can find that hidden message, then you can begin to preach the message that's needed for that house. And I believe that God has been doing for years great things in this house, but I believe you're about to see a new level of signs, wonders, and miracles. And this is going to happen because God wants to anoint you with the supernatural power so that the signs begin to follow you and you quit trying to follow signs. And when you begin to have signs follow you, you can do what's called power evangelism. Because I'm going to share with you tonight that the Bible says each seed produces after its own kind. The pastor's not supposed to produce sheep. The sheep's supposed to produce sheep. Him and his leaders, fivefold ministers, they're to equip and to make fivefold ministers. But every one of you needs to realize that God has called you to be a minister of reconciliation. Don't be worried about offending somebody. Don't do it roughly or religiously. But when you really show compassion and love to somebody, they're eventually going to care what you've got to say. But first, they want to know how much you care before they care how much you know. And when love is in action, love will build a relationship where people then begin to listen to you. I'm just letting that sink in for a moment. See, you can't say, I'm afraid, because God has not given you a spirit of fear. You've got to begin to be a person that goes around, one of my favorite songs goes like this, I've got the power. Do you have the power? I got two that said, yeah, the rest of you just looked at me. Lord, if you're listening, we're in Bakken's, Ohio, and the response don't say that's not my personality because Peter's personality was one that he denied Christ to a slave girl who had no authority to punish him or do something to him. But the minute he got the Holy Ghost, he stood up and began to preach. And when he preached, thousands got saved. On the day the law was brought down, 3,000 died. On the day grace was released, 3,000 got saved. We need to take to this nation right now, to your neighborhood, to your grocery stores, wherever you go, you need to begin to release the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I know you've been mad at that neighbor. Oh, my gosh. You told them to keep their dog out of your yard, but they always let the dog go in your yard and use the bathroom. You know what? Allow a dog to doo-doo in your yard and preach to your neighbor with love. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. They go on vacation, cut their grass, bake them a pie, do something. Do something that's just out of the ordinary to just show the love and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I, I was preaching at a, over another place that's uh, kind of close to here, and I heard of how the, the blessings of your pastor and his wife, how they'd ministered to another minister who had been in the hospital for a long period of time with uh, COVID, and they assisted them and blessed them. And they didn't even know if I knew them, but they began to tell the story. Let me tell you about this wonderful couple. I love, like Paul said, I first heard of your faith through your grandmother Eunice. Has someone heard of your faith? You see, faith without works is dead. So if you got faith, faith is going, is going to take you about doing good works unto people. Behold, I've been given power to tread over serpents and scorpions, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You must first bring yourself to obedience before you can bring other people to obedience. Allow yourself to be healed. Allow yourself to be trained. Allow yourself and give yourself grace because you're going to mess up because kingdom stuff is not normal stuff. You're going to make mistakes. That's okay. I had a person said, oh, every time I go to church, I get hurt. I said, listen, son, you're not supposed to go to church to get hurt. You're supposed to go to church to die. I'm like, you're not doing very good if all you're doing is getting hurt. You, you've got the plan down here. You said, take out the cross and you're to die to self. Wherever there's people, there's going to be trouble. But when you got the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ inside you, you know that hurt people, I said it today, hurt people, hurt people, abuse people, abuse people. Don't get mad at people when they do you wrong, but begin to pray for them because if they're doing you wrong, it's because they're reproducing what was done to them and they need someone that's got a level head and a level mind to begin to pray for them. Man, we, we got to walk in the grace of the Lord. Let me tell you a story. A young man came to me. He said, nobody else will help me. And I'm thinking, I know you. You can't be trusted. <laughs> they wouldn't loan him no money because he wouldn't pay them back. And he, goes, he, he was a very good electrician. And uh, his vehicle broke down. He said, I can get a job if I get a vehicle. Will you help me? I don't know how else to go to. And so uh, I, I bought him a truck. And I said, you'll begin the payments in 30 days. We'll keep the payment low so it doesn't hurt you. And I'm giving you an opportunity. If you do good, I'll tell people that now you're a person that can be in the trusted. Six months went by, and I never saw a payment. And when I drive by me, just grin and wave. And I'm like, ah. Oh. Well, where I come from, in a little country town, we get even. And if we can't get even, we hire someone to get even for us. Or you might come out and the tires on that truck are now cut. Now, that's not my born-again side. That's B.C., before Christ. Can I get an amen? And so I was so mad, so I'm like, I'm going to call him up. So I started to call him up. Of course, he used caller ID, and he didn't answer the phone. So I thought, I'm going to block my number, and I'm going to call him, and I'm going to tell him I'm coming to take that vehicle, and mm, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. And the Holy Spirit stops me. He said, here's what you're going to do. You're going to block your number so he'll answer. 
And when he answers, you're going to ask him to forgive you for being irritated with him. And I immediately said, I bind you, devil. Shut up and get out of here. This is the God thing I'm trying to do here. He has disrespected the man to God. Well, eventually I, well, okay, it is you, God. (laughs) So I called him and said, look, I've been irritated at you because I loaned you the money. You promised to pay me and you didn't. I forgive you. God told me to tell you that he loves you so much that he told me to repent for being angry with you because it was a bad representation of God's love. And then God told me to tell you, you will no longer owe me anything for the truck. Your debt has been canceled. Now, I'm literally biting through my lip, blood dripping down my face, because it was a spirit thing, not a flesh thing. And he didn't answer. He didn't say anything. He didn't know what to say. That's not normal. So I hung up the phone, and my conscience felt a little bit better. And then the Lord said, son, what you just did was the devil was ripping you off, and you took charge of the situation and made it a seed sown instead of a seed stolen. He said, now you have a harvest coming. And I got excited. I'm like, that must be why you're God and I'm not. Because you're really smart. (laughs) This is no lie. Two weeks later, a couple pulled up to my church as I came out of the office. Had a nice pearl white Cadillac, leather seats, heated, uh, nice stereo, uh, nice wheels, everything on it. And, And her husband was in the truck. And I said, what are you guys doing here on a Tuesday And she said, well, we were praying, and just the other day, the Lord spoke to us and said, you're to take this Cadillac out, and you're to give it to Pastor Brian, and tell him that I love him. And I looked at her, and I said, truly, you have heard from God. (laughs) (laughs) And I get in the vehicle, and I'm driving over so they can have the title notarized, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, son, that was a quick harvest, wasn't it? A spirit-led seed, a spirit-led forgiveness, a spirit-led repentance can bring great blessing to you. He's not trying to correct you because he doesn't like you. God corrects those he loves. If you refuse to receive correction, then, my friend, you are no longer a son, but you're an orphan. And then the word goes on to say, orphans don't stay in the house very long, but sons do. You mustn't live your life from crisis to crisis, crying to God. You must live your life from seed sown. I heard them talking about the offering today. A person came to me recently, and this is what they said. They said, Pastor, man, I just can't hear the voice of God. I said, well, let's talk about your finances. They said, no, I don't want to talk about finances. I want to talk about hearing the voice of God. I said, well, if you can't hear the voice of God, there's going to be a money problem. They said, what do you mean? I said, the Bible says, bring all your tithes and offerings to the storehouses, and I'll open you the window. So if you don't obey God financially, your window's shut. And if your window's shut, you have someone go outside your house and try to talk to you through the window. It won't be clear. You won't be able to understand it. But the minute the window's open, you see, Jesus said, the only difference, the only thing that can be before me is money. You'll either serve me or you'll serve finances. So finances can become an idol. So I teach my people when they bring their offering, don't throw it in like you're paying an electric bill. You bring it up and say, by faith I come to you believing you are God. 
and that you are rewarder of those that diligently seek you. Here, Father, I bring that which could have been an idol and I lay it on the altar to prove to you that you can trust me. And then he says, after you bring the tithes and offering to the storehouses, so that there'll be meat, not so there'll be a food kitchen, but if God can get a house full of people financially he can trust, he'll release revelation from the pulpit. You say, I want some meat? Be a good steward of your finances. God is looking for you to network with heaven and to become a distributor of the things of God. He gave you love, you're distribute love. He gave you forgiveness, you're to distribute forgiveness. Even the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts says, I exercise myself daily to have a conscience void of offense toward God and toward man. You say, wait a minute, how could Paul have an offense toward God? Well, you know, he'd go to preach the gospel and they'd stone him, they'd beat him, they'd imprison him. You know, a lot of preachers, they want the key to the city and they want to get on all the talk shows. When you really are preaching good, they start beating you and stoning you. And that's how you, I guess you should grade the preaching. So I must not be a good preacher yet. So I'm working on it. Hmm. Do you have offense toward God? How is that possible? Oh, come on now. You prayed for mama, but mama died. You prayed for that marriage, but he left anyway. You knew, you thought you heard God's voice said you was going to get the job, but you didn't get chosen. There's many occurrences where things happen, bad things that we don't understand. The child died, the relative died. I travel the world seeing miracles all the time. I came home, my mother had hip surgery and got some fluid in her lung and went into a coma. And, and had pneumonia in both lungs. And the lady next to her bed in ICU was dying. And the, the nurse came over and said, uh, they said you're a preacher and their, their mama's about to die. Could you go do last rites? I said, well, my last rites might be a little different than what you're expecting. So I went over and poured some oil on her head, laid hands on her, said, get up, you're healed in Jesus' name. And she got up. And God dressed her daughter, had a deaf ear. God popped open the deaf ear. The whole six kids standing in there gave their heart to the Lord. I rubbed my hands together. I said, okay, God, I'm warmed up. Let's go get mama. <sighs> you know, this, I work for the, business, for the family, God, and I should have some benefits. And I prayed for mama. Mama died. I know God's too big to get mad at, but I wanted to. I was trying to pull on his grace because I'm like, I prayed for mama. And come on, I travel the world. I leave my family at home. I do stuff. Is that crazy? I was telling God, I do stuff for you. Like, <laughs> mama died. I'm the baby of the family. I want my mama. So next week I had to fly to Canada to do a healing meeting. Probably the worst healing meeting I've ever done. Just go through the line. Just go through the line. If you get healed, well, if you get healed, you're lucky. I didn't say that, but that's about the intent of my heart. Came home about four weeks later, a guy came up to me and said, I got a, I got a word from God for you about your mama. You know how people say really dumb stuff when people die. I looked at my wife, I'm like, come here, come here, come here. Because I knew if my wife was standing next to me that I won't get really stupid. You know, and, and Will Smith him or something. <laughs> So the guy looked at me and goes, your mother 
heard you praying for her to get up. But she saw the children that was her job in heaven. This guy knew nothing. Four years before, I'd give my mother a word. Heaven wants you, but earth still needs you. But when you die, mama, God said he's going to use you to raise aborted children and miscarried children. She was a 50-year children's church worker. So it was all about babies. My sisters would get so mad because they say, Mama, since we had kids, you don't even love us anymore. And she'd say, shut up, girls. They need me more than you. And so this guy said, your mother saw the children that she's supposed to raise. And, and I heard God saying something like, they need her more than you. Does that make sense? And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> and all of a sudden I realized that I was praying my will at that deathbed. But mama, she was so worried about all of her grandkids that wasn't saved yet. She said, I'm not going to die. I got to stay and pray. But when she looked in the eyes of Jesus, the only thing I can figure out, I'll talk to her about when I get there. She must have looked in his eyes and said, oh, wow, you have this, don't you? And I'm like, man, mama, I can't pray like you prayed. I can't carry this family like you carried them. And I was grieving for so long. But now I felt better because mama had made a choice she wanted to go. I hadn't failed mama. God had not failed me. And he hasn't failed you. Come on, let it go. You've been aggravated. Man, as I was growing in the ministry, beginning to meet different people, there was a couple of really what was, quote, important people in the ministry in my eyes. And I, I did everything from lay down in front of their vehicle to stop them. You know, I was going to meet these guys. And it just didn't work out. And I said, God, come on. After all I do for you, could you do this for me? And I heard this gentle voice say, Brian, everybody doesn't need to meet you. A lot of times we're working our desires, our wants. You think you've been rejected. I don't know who this is for, but I heard God saying you were delivered. You weren't rejected. People would come to me and say, oh, God's told me to leave the church. And I'd be like, oh, why do people use the God card for Come on, seriously. What are you going to say if they said God told you to do it? So I went and prayed. I said, Lord, why do people do that? He said, son, I do tell people to leave. I said, what? So he took me to Genesis. He said, I told Adam and Eve, get out. (laughs) In the particular case I was talking about, he said, I told him to leave because I'm protecting you because I know what they would have done. Our natural mind does not understand the things of God. It is foolishness to us. So if you're ever watching a ministry or you're seeing something, that's foolish. It's a sign, like an idiot light on your dash. It's a sign that you're in the flesh. You're being carnal. When Jesus preached, they always said things like this. I've never seen it done like this before. But in the same crowd, there was always somebody saying, ah, he does it by the power of a devil. There'll always be multiple accounts, but Jesus said, if you're of me, You'll hear my words. As a grandparent, I am so scared just to leave kids. Play by the road. You used to be able to do that. I'm so cautious. But once they reach a certain age, I'm like, they've got this. I've taught them. They now have to start making some decisions on their own. Wow. Your pastor must think, you guys are at a certain age and he can trust you. 
Hmm. Now, don't go play any of the traffic. That's not what I'm telling you to do. <laughs> but the world is coming closer. Who knows? No one knows what the Father of the time of his return. But if you have a global call on your life, you can be woke up in the middle of the night with the summons of souls saying, come to me. Like the Macedonia called Paul. I know your pastor hears the, the Macedonia call to many nations. He's populating heaven and plundering hell. You must lift up the hands of the minister, of the man of God. You must exhort him. Never speak about the grace of the place, or you'll damage that grace. Do you hear me? Remember, now, I don't know if you understand this, but God talks about us being the body. Can I confirm a revelation to you? God only puts ears on the head. <laughs> Did you hear that? If you ever see somebody with ears on their elbow, they'll probably be on a roadside tour. Come check out the life. When I was a kid, my stepdad would take us back and forth to California. And there was a thing on 70. It said, come see the largest groundhog ever in the world. Anybody ever be out that way? If you're the largest groundhog in the world, I'm like, oh, come on. I even called him dad as a little kid. Come on, dad. I want to see. I want to see the groundhog. We don't have time and you'll want to buy something and I'm not going to spend the money. Oh, I resented him forever because he wouldn't let me. My life would be changed for the good if I could just see this groundhog. Or no, prairie dogs. Oh, it was a prairie dog. I became a truck driver many, many years later. I'm driving out 70, and I'm whistling and singing some Holy Ghost songs. I saw the sign. I said, is that thing still alive? My goodness. <laughs> I whipped over. I jumped out. I said, Jesus, I'm finally going to get to see this prairie dog. It was a statue. I'm like, come on, man. I said, was there ever a live big one? They said, no, this has always been here. <laughs> How foolish. <laughs> How foolish I felt that I had unforgiveness and bitterness toward my stepdad because my destiny was being hindered because I didn't see this prairie dog. I hope I've caused you to open your mind and think, Wonder how foolish I've been to have unforgiveness. The Bible tells a story in Matthew chapter 18 that says uh, there was a man who owned, owned the Lord 10,000 talents. He was called in and he said, uh, I'm going to give you the Brian Ams translation. He said, pay me all that you owe. I'm throwing you, your wife, and your children in debt. Now I guarantee you the wife didn't sign the loan and the kids definitely didn't sign the loan. So men, listen, your sin affects the whole household. He fell on his knees and he said, yo, yo, let me refinance. Give me another chance. I'll make it better. And the Lord had mercy and said, I'm not even going to let you refinance. I'm just going to clear your debt. This is a prophetic picture of salvation. Amen. And then he goes out rejoicing. But then he sees someone only owes a hundred talents or a hundred dollars. He grabs them by the throat and says, pay me what you owe me or I'll throw you, your wife and kids in debtor's prison. And the guy says, let me refinance let me have another chance. He said, no. And they threw him, but somebody was watching. 
This is 2022. Know ye, know ye, hear ye, hear ye. You do something dumb, there's going to be five people with cell phones filming you. There's going to be somebody watching you. Is that not the truth? Somebody was watching, went back to the Lord said, you know the guy you just forgave? He wouldn't forgive someone. So he was called in and he said, shouldn't you have forgiven this guy? After all, I forgave you. And he said, because the law of The laws of the universe, the law of forgiveness says don't forgive, you can't be forgiven. But then he said, because you continue not to forgive, you'll be turned over to the tormentors. And then in red letters, verse 34, it says, and so will my father do unto you if you don't forgive. I was just finishing a 40-day fast. I was expecting to have great revelations, visions, dreams, levitate. You know, come on, it's a 40-day fast. No food, water on it. I was going to be spiritual. I heard nothing. (laughs) I was so disappointed. And then the last day, God said, faith moves me, son, but forgiveness releases my power. And it was like a seed that began to grow with revelation about the power of forgiveness and, and how not only are we to receive vertical forgiveness, but now we have to extend horizontal forgiveness to our brothers and our sisters, not only because we're commanded to, but we eventually should go to a place where we want to. We want to change being stolen from, change it to sowing a seed so that we can reap a proper harvest. Have any of you ever been stolen from? Change that destiny. Change it to a seed. Begin to pray and say, Lord, forgive me for being mad and upset with these people. I I command this to be changed to be a seed. He's given you dominion and authority in the area of your own life. Why be tormented? So I began to work with phobias and fears and anxieties and started seeing some breakthrough. Then I started working with fibromyalgia, arthritis, bursitis. Have people forgive. They've had it for 30 years. Next thing you know, 30 seconds, boom, they would be healed. Healing, I started seeing with the revelation that's in this book, went from 30% to over 80% success. When people begin to agree with heaven. Until you agree with heaven, you're never going to receive from heaven the way God wants you to receive from heaven. Amos 3.3 says, how can two walk together unless they agree? Many of you have been fighting the devil. Some of you, if I had spiritual eyes, I could see armor that was all beat up and dented and, and almost looking like it's fallen off of you. You've been fighting the devil, and you say, why haven't I been successful? Well, the first part of that scripture is submit to God, then resist the devil. The devil knows the laws of the universe. He studies the universe. He's been around for years, and he's been watching you, and he knows your weakness. I shared with a man one time. I said, if you're called into the ministry, there's a principality assigned against you to hinder and to stop the gifts and callings of God in your life. When I begin to start getting confused all the time, when I begin to have trouble making decisions, I don't feel the anointing, I'll go do a three-day fast and I'll say, I, I don't want to know your name, devil, but the ones that's assigned against me, I rebuke you, I break your power in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, man. You're a blessing. No matter what the devil says about you. He's like, well, I did used to like you, but ma'am, just read my book, and you too can forgive me. 
<laughs> now the Lord says, let's take it deeper. That person that hurt you, the person that abused you, now pray that I bless them. I don't really know if I have forgiven them, Lord. You're, you're taking me to uncharted areas. You're taking me to a place. Wait a minute. I remember seeing Jesus like this. Father, forgive them. They know not. It's called forgiveness from the cross. Right while it's happening. Stephen was being stoned. And he said, hey, don't hold this to, the, to their offense. I know we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spirits of wickedness in heavenly high places. I was sharing with someone today, one of my first trips to Pakistan, they took me to a room with a woman that had been demon-possessed for 26 years. Five people were holding her down. They were throwing them like they were candy. And I walked in, I said, let her go. They said, no, we can't because if we do, she'll beat you up. I'm like, mm, not in this lifetime. So they let her go. She came running at me. I said, now. And she fell down on her knees. They said, how, do you, how did you do that? I said, because I know him. See, many know what he said, but they don't know the one that said it. Many are worshipers of the Word of God, but not the God of the Word. And so I, I went immediately to quoting my favorite scripture, Luke 10, 19. Behold, I've been given power to tread over serpents and scourge. For the devil to hear it, but also for me to hear it. Because, <laughs> you know, it was throwing five people around. I'm like, yes, I, I believe in the power of God, but I'm just going to reassure myself. And when I got done quoting that scripture, a man's voice in perfect English spoke out of this woman and said, Brian, I have power too. I found that so funny. I don't know why. I just started giggling. And my translator grabbed my arm and hid behind me. He goes, how can you laugh? A man's voice just spoke in English. I said, because he knew my name. I feel so honored. It's my first trip to Pakistan and the devils know me here too. I'm getting a reputation. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Remember in the Bible where the sons of Sceva were trying deliverance and they said, Paul, we know. Jesus, we know. But who are you? I didn't get a who are you. On the day of salvation, the Lord called me by name and said, Brian, I love you. You never have to get high again. And in occurrences with devils. So when a man started to introduce me one time, they said, what, what should we call you? What's your title? I said, well, the devil calls me Brian. So can you. <laughs> That's what my mama called me. The doctor says, there's nothing we can do for your mother unless we give her this shot. But you're the legal guardian. We can't give her the shot unless you die. I said, can I help her? He said, I believe so. I said, so this is up to me. He goes, I can't do it without you. I said, well, if it can help her, the, the stats don't look good. Give her the shot. He gave her the shot. Three seconds, she was dead. For months, I didn't tell anybody, but I'm like, I killed my mom, man. Maybe she'd been here another day or, or something. And I'm like, and I, I just put my head against the wall. And the doctor whispered to me, he goes, her stats were so low, Brian, it would have been total brain damage. And she died. There's nothing I like less than not being in control. But when you're not in control, there's no greater time than to have a walk with him. What's that old song? He walks with me, he talks with me. 
I love that old song. One of my favorite songs. Do you know it? Sing it with me. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And all the joy that filled my soul. Something happened and now I know. He touched me and he made me whole. Well, you didn't do very good about singing it with me, so let me glance through my book. I forgive you. We must add something to our faith. Because when it appears that faith doesn't work, if you don't have what's called trust, you'll give up. And trust only comes after spending time with someone, knowing them. When my mama died, I had to pull my thoughts captive for so long and say, I don't understand. I don't want to act like an immature child and throw a fit because I didn't get my way. But I got to trust you that everything's going to be okay. Then when I got that word a month later, I understood. I was praying against mother's will. So now I got to begin to pray, thy will be done, not my will be done. Selfishly. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I can't carry her armor. I, I can't pray like she did. And all of a sudden, the story of David and, and King Saul came. And David said, I can't wear your armor and do battle. And God said, don't do it your mama's way. Do it your way. We have a responsibility to live a life of Christ, a life of fallenness. Because the non-believers are watching you, hoping that you fall. So they can say, this stuff isn't real and that it doesn't work. Get accountability partners. You get into prayer and and as you begin to spend time with him, the weaknesses in you will begin to curl up and bow in obedience as you submit to God. Let the anointing, according to the power that works in you, faith moves God, but forgiveness releases his power. God's not moved by need, because if he was, there'd be no need, but he's moved by faith. Faith isn't quiet. Faith has a vocabulary, and faith's vocabulary is the Word of God. We must come to the place to where we forgive God, where we've judged Him harshly, we forgive ourselves, and we forgive others. Now, there's some situations where your life would be in harm, you were abused, you were raped, you were beat. You can't reinstall that relationship, but you can still release it and say, Father, I forgive them. Put it in his hand. Let, let him judge them. I was told I never met him, but my biological father brought me with cigarettes and dropped me and kicked me as a baby and abused me. One day, I was having trouble in the ministry, and I said, Lord, what is it? And of course, I don't always hear him speak, but I just a knowing happened or an unction or feeling. And all of a sudden, it came to me, the first commandment with the promise. And, and I'm like, that's honor thy father and honor thy mother, and your life will live long and things will go well with you. Well, if you don't, then just the opposite happens. So immediately I said, seriously, Jesus, come on. Because you've heard the stories that my older siblings have told me. He abused me. He, he beat up mom and, and almost killed her one time. How can I forgive this man? He said, I'm asking you only to honor the position of fatherhood. I'll judge his performance. I hope that helps somebody because it helped me. Then all of a sudden I realized how many people have had to forgive only honor my position but forgive me for my stupidity 
for my roughness, for my cruelty. I know there's got to be a lot because my wife would always say, it's not what you say, Brian, it's how you said it. It was your tone, you have an anger problem. No, I don't! She's like, there it is. <laughs> Who, me? I'm just a big teddy bear. One time playing with my, my, my when one of my uh, grandsons was very young, and he was just a baby, and he just fit right there in the arm, and the older grandson, he had always been the man, now there's an intruder, and he can't understand why Papa can't give him all the time, and he's jealous, and and he's trying to wrestle me. I said, look, we got to be gentle with him. And, and he goes, but what about me, Papa? I said, you know what? It takes love to grow. And I don't have enough love to give him. I need to use some of yours. Can you help me? And all of a sudden, I gave him ownership. And he goes, yes, I can help you. It was like something, a light turned on in. You know, the baby Christians in here, they need you to help us to love them so they can grow. Because it takes love to grow for a body of believers. And I was looking at that beautiful little guy. Oh, now he's six, I think. And he's very close to experiencing Papo's belt. He's pushing the limit. <laughs> and as I held him as that little baby, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. I know this is for at least three people here and two that's on, on live stream, if you're live streaming. And he said, Brian, could you be gentle like this with my people? And it seems like when God speaks to me, my spirit answers immediately. And I said, your people will hurt me, Father. And all of a sudden I realized that in order to have fellowship and relationship, it can be spelled R-I-S-K. There's a risk. Some of you women might be related to my wife, as I tell this next story. My wife believed God lives at the beach. So she requests money to go there a couple times a year to visit him <laughs> and talk to him. And all the, my daughters and my seven granddaughters want to go with grandma. It gets to be very expensive sometimes. That's why I said all my book table money feeds hungry women and children mine. <laughs> and, uh, but they're very fair-skinned women. So they know that if they go to the beach and lay there, the sun, there's a strong opportunity that the sun will, can offend them by burning their skin. But they don't let the possibility of offense, oh, I'm preaching now, aren't I? They don't let the opportunity of offense keep them from going. So they go to the tanning bed. That costs me more money, too. And then, of course, you, you, before you go to the beach, you have to have your fingernails done. Come on. <laughs> and uh, so they, they, they do the tanning. They do the skin block. And they do what it takes to go where they want to go without getting offended. People that like to hunt and fish. There's also, I remember I went on a mission trip one time on the Rio Coca between Nicaragua and Honduras. And, and I thought, we're going to take a canoe and we're going to go up three days in the river and visit these half-naked people. And there was like a plague of rats that was big enough to carry babies off. And we're going to have machetes. And, and, and I was sleeping in hammocks. And, and I woke up, these giant barking spiders on there. I'm like, I'm stupid. This is for young people. What am I doing? But people that like to hunt and everything else, they'll put on mosquito repellent, they'll dress properly, they'll put on mosquito hoods, and they do what it takes because they know the mosquitoes or the bugs could offend them. Am I preaching to you yet? Yeah. And, and speaking of parable type situation, if you, when you get ready to go to work or get ready to go to church, will just dress properly and quit going spiritually naked, put on the forearm of God, make a decision. 
no matter what anybody that is under warfare tries to do to me, I'm going to love them and forgive them. No matter what they do, I'm going to respond properly. Nothing anybody does wrong. Lord, this is me, Lord, that woman you gave me, I want to talk to you about her. It was quiet. And then I heard, are you talking about the same one that you begged for? I'm like, wait a minute, I don't remember that. I do not remember begging, okay? (laughs) I'll never forget. I visited my mom's church. There was this gorgeous girl on the keyboard. I was very young, attractive. I had a swag when I walked. What's up? The end of the service, when I found out she was single, I walked up. Hey, girl, what's up? And she's like, what do you want? I'm like, oh, a mouthy woman. I like that, yes. I said, girl, I just want to tell you, you can stop praying. She said, what do you mean? I said, I'm the answer to your prayers, girl. Well, apparently she knew sign language. Ah. You, know, you know that swag I'm talking about. You know, guys, you're trying to look good. When you're young, it's a swag. When you're old, it's arthritis. They're like, is that brother trying to ask swag? No, no, the arthritis got him. That's what it is. <laughs> God, this woman you gave me, she pushes my buttons. God never talks to me about my wife. He said, let's talk about your buttons. Let's deal with your issues, Brian. Some of you men are going to be very irritate me at this next little statements. Your women, I'm going to take a special offering for you. I'll be standing by the door. You can hand it to me. I was really needing money for mission trips. I really wasn't that good at faith and didn't have no partners or nothing. And I was like, Lord, if you want me to go, give me money. And I heard this little voice, give money to your wife. Devil, be gone now. She has enough money. She's not getting any more. I bind you, you lying financial devil. God, Jesus, help me. I need money for me. He said, give money to your wife. I said, why? He said, son, Paul writes, the mystery of the husband to the wife is like Christ to the church. And as a leader, if people see you blessing the church, it'll be a prophetic picture of me wanting to bless them. I remember I went to my wife and I said, Thus says the Lord, if I give you money, God's going to give me money for my ministry. She said, you have heard from the voice of God. She said, now go pray and see how much he wants you to give me. The other day she goes, I was looking at your account. I think you need to give me some money. Oh, Lord, help us. His ways are higher than our ways. After repentance comes times of refreshing. Those tormenting spirits can be mental instability. They don't just have to be physical pain. God doesn't give you sickness to teach you something. He's not a father like it. I would never give a disease, a bacteria or something to my, ch- my children or my grandchildren. The children's services will lock me up and rightfully so. Amen. God sent his son to be beat at the whipping post so that you could be healed. 
Jesus said, I only come to do my father's will. And so if healing was not his will, he was in rebellion to his father because that's what, all he did was deliverance and healing, the majority of it. If, if it was God's will for you not to be healed, then every hospital, every nurse, every doctor would be a person of rebellion. And we know that's not true because hospitals and doctors are people of compassion and mercy. And we thank God for the wisdom that God has given them. Surgery and medicine is not a second-class healing. It might be your prescription. God doesn't always give miracles. He doesn't promise miracles. He promises you'll recover. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He does miracles. And the people will see a miracle happen because it's a spirit, a blind eye, a deaf ear caused by a spirit. You cast it out, instantly healed. Next person has a physical problem and it gets 30% better, but they don't get 100% and they feel like, oh, God doesn't love me. No, you got healing. You didn't get a spirit. If, a, if you have a broken arm and the doctor says six weeks, you pray for it. Uh, most of the time the pain will go, but it'll heal completely in maybe two weeks. It speeds the process up of the natural healing that God already put in our bodies. Amen? But the laws of the universe, those spirits that come to torment you because of your unforgiveness, they say, you can pray all you want, but my host has given me permission to be here. I don't have to go. They might back off. If you get healed on my faith and I leave, you didn't have faith to get healed, you won't have faith to keep it. And those spirits will try to come back. So you've got to begin to, to don't be a hearsay Christian. When we quote the scriptures and we read the scriptures, write them down, go home, let that be your biblical homework for that week or that assignment. If you go to a hospital and you've got sugar diabetes, the doctor looks at your chart, the cafeteria person looks at the chart and says, I have to make a, a sugar-free food for this diabetic. Your pastor, as he seeks the word of God and seeks it, he's like a dietary, a spiritual dietitian that prepares the meal that's just for you. When you go home and just flip through the channels of YouTube, it's like a vending machine and you're eating chunk food. They don't know you. Come on, somebody. I remember the first time I went to Israel, I went with the Benny Hinn crew and I was a bus captain and everybody's on there is like, Benny Hinn is my pastor. I have the same anointing. I said, well, yours might be annoying, not anointing, I'm not sure. I said, if he's your pastor, do you have his cell phone number? Do, if you, can you call the office? Can you stop and visit him? I said, well, that's not, that's not really a pastor. If you can't talk to the staff or the assistant or somebody. I'll tell you what, I don't have the guy's number. I know him and hung out with him. But if you said, who's Brian Adams? He'll be like, isn't that singer from Canada? <laughs> he probably would not remember me. You've got to rejoice in the local body. You've got to be strengthened in the local body. You've got to fill the house. Your job is to go out and to throw the net in your neighborhood and bring them in. Bring the fish in, and the leadership will clean the fish. Amen? If you're not a closer, and you're not able to close the deal and lead them to the Lord, bring them to the house and let the people that's preaching do the altar call and close them. My first year being saved, I, bought a, I took all the money I had and bought all those, remember those collared chick tracks that had cartoons? I thought everybody would like them. So I spent all my money, and I would park my car with a little bit of gas that was in it, and I would, I'd walk the streets, and for a year, I passed out tracts and witnesses. I was a drug addict. I was a dealer. Jesus set me free, and I would witness to everybody. And after a year, I went to the Lord. I said, I'm not only a failure as a sinner. Lord, I'm a failure at trying to get people saved. I'm not even good at this. 
and he spoke to me. I hadn't really heard from him ever hardly much except reading the Bible. He said, son, I've only allowed you to be a sower. Some sow, some water, but then God gives increase. And when I heard that, I thought, oh, I must be going through a process. Now I go and I reap where I've never sown. It was worth waiting, isn't it, Pastor? I know you've done it ten times more than I have. Go to countries, stand up, proclaim the gospel. You've never seen them, maybe never see them again until you get to heaven. And you throw the net and say, come, if you want Jesus to be your Lord. Many people have darkened the doors of church because they grew up in church. It's a cultural thing, but it's never been a relationship thing. Do you know him? One place Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you. I cried out when I read that one night. I said, please, please don't ever let that happen to me. I don't want to be told to leave. And he said, then don't let it happen. Have a relationship with me. Do you know him or just know about him? Are you hitting Christ or is Christ hitting you? You cannot be around me long and not know I'm a believer. I went to a book writing seminar held by Rick Joyner down in North Carolina. And there was an engineer guy, I'd never met him before. He's sitting there. And on the third day, he came to me and goes, you minister in healing, don't you? And I thought, does a guy recognize me from Sid Roth or from some television program I was on or something? I said, why do you ask? He said, because you watch everybody lamp, and if they hold their hand, you're watching. I said, oh my gosh, is it that evident? I guess if you're a shoe salesman, you look at everybody's feet. But my eyes... And my heart feels your pain. And tonight I feel people that's been disrespected. And you've tried to shrug it off. But you just haven't been able to. And it starts as the instability in your soul. And it goes from the soul to the body. And you're hoping through some performance, some religious performance, that you'd be accepted. But if you are born again, he called you. He chose you. You didn't choose him. He bid you to come out of the boat. I believe if you're on a Sunday night, you're a wet water walker, not a dry boat rider. (laughs) Tonight, there's two things I want to do. First of all, let me ask this question. Is there any people here you say, I didn't get prayer today, but I heard about it, and I came for prayer tonight. If you came for physical prayer, raise your hand. Let me see how many people, please. Cool, cool, cool. One person in all the crowd. Amen. I, I think we can handle that. Here's what we're going to do. How many people were not here this morning? Raise your hand, please. Okay, we, we got a few people. Here's what I want to do. I want to give you an opportunity to make a fresh commitment to the Lord. If you're not born again, I want to give you the opportunity. It's the greatest and most intelligent decision you can make. To choose Him as your Savior. To quit trying to be in control of your own life and to allow the Lord to start take over. You ever see those shirts or things that say, Jesus is my co-pilot? You need to switch seats. Let Him be the pilot, not your co-pilot. Begin to allow Him to be in charge. You say, Brian, I'm going to pray that most supernatural prayer that can take me 
and have every wrong thing I've ever done taken away from me. We're going to pray that prayer. But at the same time, I want to lay hands on you to impart a boldness and a fresh new touch of the Holy Ghost so you can begin to evangelize this community and begin to bring in the lost. That's your job, not his job. You're the sheep. You're supposed to reproduce sheep. Amen? They're out there. The harvest is great. The harvest is great. So if you say, I would like to have every wrong thing, even though I'm a believer, I got some issues. Come on, that should be everybody, but I know you're not going to because you, you took care of that today. Raise your hand if you say, I want to pray with you tonight, Pastor Brian. Raise your hand. Okay, if your hand is raised, stand to your feet real quickly. Come on. Don't make me start going by word of knowledge. Do I smell sin in this house? <laughs> come on down. Come, come. Do we have a guitar player? Somebody finger pick? Or just a little keyboard? Come on. Now, once you ask him to forgive you, I want you to know this. He is faithful and just to forgive you. So if you ask, believe it and receive it. You don't have to do it repetition of time. Just believe that he forgives you and you're going to be okay. And he's a good, good father. As a matter of fact, I think there's a song, he's a good, good father, isn't there? Come closer, hon. Put your hands up. You're under arrest. <laughs> you know I'm kidding. You're so important. Wow. I feel such a strong love for you guys. Hopefully I don't fall off of my heels. <laughs> Will you catch me? Pray this prayer. Say, Father, I make a decision to forgive every person who's ever hurt me, who's ever done me wrong. I forgive myself. I let it all go right now. I recommit my life to you. A fresh new commitment not only to you, but to the church. In Jesus' name. Ma'am, look at me. You. As you were praying, I saw you walking. It was like a bridge had fallen. And you want to get to the other side, but you're like, the bridge has fallen, I can't get over there. And, and the devil's lied to you and told you that you'll never get to the other side. This church is your bridge. Put your hands up. Give me glory. Come on. Those lies are being broke off you right now. The devil's a liar and I break it off of you right now. Say, I'm going to the other side. Jesus is in my boat. Devil, you can't stop me. In the name of Jesus. Say, fill me afresh, Holy Spirit. Everybody lift your hands up. It's a sign of surrender to the Lord. Fill me afresh, Holy Spirit right now in Jesus name amen amen so I am forgiven I'm cleansed by the blood of the lamb right now in Jesus name give each other a hug here guys take hands give a hug love one another grab somebody each of you make sure oh I get a hug oh that's okay well you go over now to the side come on switch 
Grab your partner, swing them around. <laughs> okay, everybody that's here that says, I want a fresh, new, evangelistic anointing and a bonus come up on me. Come up here quickly and stand. And I'm going to get the pastor to help me. We're going to lay hands on you, okay? But you you got to be like a sponge. you got to be, I, I come expected. I come to receive. There's many, many scriptures in the Bible that talk about, and they were filled again. They were filled again. Come on, make, make, make one whole, whole row here, straight line. Well, I, I mean, this is kind of crooked, so we can be a crooked line. That's okay. Or make a square or a triangle. I don't care. I'm easy to get along with. Amen. Wow, such beautiful people, man. What's up, man? You doing good? You're, you're about to get messed up. Ushers, where are you at? You got shirts on? How can I identify you? You got shirts? We're going to start down here. Go left to right, please. Uh, I will not pray for someone unless you're behind them, okay? Because in case someone gives me a mercy drop, I don't, I don't, I don't want to tend to fall. We're going to go clear down here. All right. I don't know who you are, man, but you better behave while I'm going down there, okay? All right. You a PK? That's what I thought. You're acting like my youngest daughter. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Wow. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, is the angel of the Lord with me? <laughs> oh, dude, that's a cool beard. <laughs> Put your hands up. You ready? Say, Lord, I want to be used by you. As I come up to you to lay hands, just say, Lord, I want to be used by you. Step forward. All you need to give me enough room for my nose and my toes. My belly started to shrink, so we don't have to. Are you ready? Say, Lord, I want to. Lord, I'd love to have a beard like his brother. Help me out. I got your wrist. You're cool. Fill him, Lord. He'll be able to be used by you, Father, the people that others will go to. And they'll listen to him. Let his heart be renewed and changed. In the name of Jesus. I want to be used. Touch him, Lord. See, now that's a poof, so we got to go under the poof. Oh, don't you stop. <laughs> I love these guys. They're just like so cool. Now, shoot. What's up, bro? You got a cool beard, too. See, I can't grow one, so. I, I, I'm like, get, I know, get my face off your beard, right? Don't start, ma'am, I told you. Hello, sir. How you doing? Bless these, Father. Yeah. A fresh new anointing. They've got more experience together than I ever dared to. Lord, reward them for their faithfulness. They're so awesome. Bless them. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Lord, mess him up. I got you, bro. In the name of Jesus. Bless him now. You're the barista, aren't you? <laughs> You're the reason my blood pressure's up right now, aren't you? <laughs> Power of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Bless him. Bless him. I got you, man. You don't have to fall. Fresh new touch. Fresh new touch. Fresh new touch. Power of the Holy Ghost. Hi there. Oh, there's the Holy Ghost. 
Gotcha. New touch, new touch, new touch, new touch. Oh, mess my friend up, Lord. Give him, oh, give him an extra touch in the name of Jesus. <laughs> She's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You don't have to go down. If the flow's there, you go. If not, you know. Your bridge is being built right now there. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Powerhouses in Jesus' name. Amen. You in life? Come up here. Fill them, Lord. Overflowing right now in Jesus' name. Bless my sister. You've got heritage that belongs to you. You've got things from the past that's been taken from you that's going to be restored. God says, I've heard your prayers. I've heard your cries. Get ready for some blessings. You judge that as a word? Is that good? Okay, bless you. Is that good? In Jesus' name. Oh, get this guy, Lord. Bless his goatee. In the name of... Oh, dude, check him out. He's got one, two. Bless him. I just want to feel, Lord. I want to become witnesses for you. Touch. Touch. I got you, buddy. You're going like Come on. Bless her. Hello, little one. Put your hands up. Hello there. Bless you. How you doing? You doing okay? Bless her. Heal her, Lord. Oh, whoa. That was after effect. <laughs> I was walking by. What's up, man? Oh, I'm doing better than you right now. <laughs> That's my buddy. Good to see you again. Oh, fill him up, Lord. It's possible. Like the shirt. You ready? Put your hands up. Ready to receive? Here it comes. There's healing leaving me for you. You want some of that too, don't you? Oh, yeah. I could <laughs> I tell. Everything. It was like, oh, pull yeah. on it, like, bam! That stands for Brian Adams Ministries. <laughs> and, <laughs> bless her. Jesus. How you doing? Excellent. So, you got a pretty cool beard mustache going on there, too. Bless her. Oh. Feel him, Lord. Fresh touch. Fresh touch. Come on, buddy. How you doing, man? Bless him in the name of Jesus. He's, he's steady like a rock. He'll be okay. He stepped to that side. Power of the Holy Ghost. 
done that? Please just step over the bodies. Bless him, Lord. 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 Extended life, extended health, extended wealth. Things that you'd put on the back burner because you said, I'm old now and I'm not going to be able to do. God said, there's projects that will go supernaturally, that'll go quick. It'll become so effortless, you'll be like, is that done already? How did we do that? Where did the money come from? God said, you've been faithful, son. I am a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. You have cared about the lost souls of the world. And I said, those that win souls will earn rages. You will leave great inheritance to your children's children and to those that have served with you. I pray, Lord, for a fresh new anointing upon both of them. In the name of Jesus, touch. No pain, no stiffness, no soreness. Extended years in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Sending new families. Just like in the Bible it talks about when they built the temple, they, the stones were hewn and, and hammered at the quarry so there'd be no sound at the house. God said they'll already be fashioned and prepared and ready to go and they'll come with the same revelation, same kind. The building renewing is about to start. Blessed. Amen. Come here a minute, the two of you. If you're a member of this church or you attend here, stand to your feet real quick. I, I need you guys, both of you over here. Stand, stand right here. Please. This side, come quickly. Come up to them and say, I love you. I renew my walk with you. I'm here to serve you. Come quickly. This section over here. So as they're done, do this section, this section. Renew your vows with the leaders God's given you. Share your love with them. Just tell them, I appreciate you and I love you. Now for you long-winded people, don't talk all day. We love you. We renew it. Then go. I guess that'd be me, wouldn't it? Love them. Renew your vows. I renew my walk with you. I'm going to be faithful in the church. This is a prophetic, symbolic gesture of fellowship and love in the house. Thank you, Father. 
bless you. What's up, man? As soon as this sex is done, then this one goes. You needed prayer, right? Did you raise your hand, needed prayer? You did, but you don't? I do. Oh, <laughs> where, where is your pain or problem? Okay. Come up on this front row right here. Which knee? Which pain level? It's bad. It's supposed to be. One to ten? Okay, sit down. Which one is it? Ten being the worst, one to ten. Ten? This one? Can I put my hand there? I'm going to take it. Here we go. Now go like this. <laughs> She's like, what did you do with that? How did you do that? Okay, put your hand on your back where the pain is. Okay, I'm going to put my hand only on your, put your hand back there, please. I'm going to put my hand on your hand. Vertebrae is going to alignment now. Body be healed. Go! Whew. Isn't he good? It's quick and you don't get a bill in the mail. <laughs> Keep them coming. Whole lot of love and going on. Say, love you and we renew our walk with you. There must be a covenant and a fellowship with the people. rubbing you. I pray, O oh Lord, today 
Let your kingdom come. Your will be done in this place, I pray today. We welcome you, Spirit of God, in a special way today. Come, let your kingdom come. Your will be done, I pray today. Release your healing, restoration. Let forgiveness fall from the sky. Let your angels come and celebrate with your people. Lord, we try to be obedient and walk by faith. We come to the battle, we're ready to fight. But the enemy's already scattered. You've gone before us, Lord. The victory's ours. Walk by faith and not by sight. I come to the battle. How about you? You're ready to fight the name of the Lord. The spoken word, my friends, is truly a sword. Draw it from the sheet tonight. Step out in faith and come to fight. We celebrate you, Jesus, your resurrection. There's no one to compare. Oh, we come by faith, not by sight. I receive everything I need from your kingdom, Lord. We come by faith tonight. We come to the battle to fight. I know we got the victory, it's in your word. I stand here, Lord. I've come to worship and praise. I've come to celebrate today. You are worthy, worthy to be worshipped, worthy to be praised. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done. This is our prayer, O oh Lord. This is our prayer, O oh Lord. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Reveal us through your Holy Spirit, your Holy Son. I'm calling on your name, Lord, here tonight. Mm. Peace and righteousness and joy in the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Have your way in this place. Have your way in this place. Pour out your amazing grace. Taste of the Lord and see, He truly is good. And at Calvary, He let His blood flow for you and me. Come on, flow. You can do it. <laughs> you got so much a prettier voice than mine. <laughs> Pastor, there's another girl, a lady that needs prayer. Okay. Where are you at?
Praise God. Hallelujah. This is our time that we get to sow a seed into Brian Adams' ministry. And uh, it's unique. And I was so looking forward to him coming and uh, imparting and touching our church. And uh, we're going to believe we're going to bring him back, so we're going to be nice to him. And uh, But he's a hoot, isn't he? Amen. Hallelujah. So, if you have a seed to sow tonight, just make it out to Only Believe Ministries Christian Center. We'll make sure that Brian gets one check and he gets it all. All right, so if you'll just make out your offering and then stand your feet, bring your offering unto the Lord, and God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday.